Often when I tell people that I've gone through a divorce, their first reaction is to say how sorry they are and that it must have been really difficult and that they feel really sad for me. And I appreciate that and I understand where they're coming from. But in fact, if I hadn't gone through that relationship, if I never got into that relationship and eventually gotten the divorce that we went through, I wouldn't be where I am today. And so in some ways, I think that that whole relationship and the subsequent divorce is actually one of the best things that's ever happened to me. So today I'd like to tell you how one negative experience could lead to such a positive one. It's always important to start at the beginning, and so I'll give you a little bit of background about the divorce that I went through and then how it led me to where I am today. And I'll finish up by telling you about the very spontaneous and very last minute wedding that Jeremy and I had in Michigan. So if you've listened to the first episode of the podcast, you might know a little bit of the background about how after living in Korea for a little while, I met a Korean man and we started a relationship. I just want to start off by saying I'm not going to go into too much detail here because we're not in touch anymore and I haven't asked him outright if it's okay to discuss these things and of course I'm telling this story from my side so I wouldn't want to say anything without you know giving him the chance to say his side of the story but I just want to give a little bit of background information as best as I can to give you a good picture without I don't know without spilling too much tea I guess I don't know but anyway so we had a relationship and we were wrong for each other definitely and we were also probably a bit too young for a serious relationship. At the time that we met, I was just 23, maybe 23, and that would have put him around 26. But sometimes with things that aren't going well, you think maybe going further will help to make it stronger, when in fact, it's quite the opposite. So after being together for a while, we kind of just came to a decision that we would get married. There was no proposal. It wasn't very romantic or anything like that. We just kind of decided we're together, so we're going to get married. And this was when I was 24. And we would end up being married when I was 25. My hope for our marriage was that by getting married, things would be better. But just being married really kind of amplified all the problems that existed. And as I got a little bit older, and as I got a little bit more self-confidence, and as I became aware that I would be okay by myself, the idea of a divorce started to cross my mind. And I've told this story, like I said, I told this story in the first episode, so I won't go back into detail too much about it, but there was a woman that I met on a boat, And she just had some really good advice for me. She told me her life story. And it was her personal experience that really kind of pushed me to have the confidence that I needed to say, this is not working out. It's time for me to leave and to take the steps to actually start on a new path. So I didn't end up leaving my husband. I moved out to a different apartment. And even though I was still in Korea, it was kind of like Korea part two at that point, because in addition to leaving my husband, I kind of shifted my main job from working in a kindergarten to working full-time as a private tutor. And so a lot of things were changing. But by going through that divorce, I really learned a lot about myself because up until that point, I felt like I couldn't be by myself. 
I didn't feel like I had the confidence to go through life without someone next to me. I think that's still true sometimes. If I go to a restaurant by myself, I definitely don't have the same amount of enjoyment that I would have if I was with someone else, and especially with a romantic partner, not just a friend. It's great to have friends, but having my partner, my husband, in my life has always been something that seemed like it would kind of make my life feel complete. I've never been the type of person to see myself with children. It's never been a deep feeling within myself that I want to be a mom. And finding my husband hasn't been the focus of my life either, but it just felt like not having a partner with me was something that made it lacking. I don't really know how to explain it, but trying to get into a relationship and trying to be with someone who I thought would complete my life, even when I myself wasn't quote unquote complete, that was a big mistake. (laughs) So when my ex-husband was not the partner that I had hoped him to be, I felt even worse than I had when I was alone. And after getting the divorce, after taking time to focus on myself and to understand the parts of my life that I wanted to develop, the parts of my life that I needed more confidence in, and just getting a little bit older. You know, we don't have all the answers at 25, and even now at nearly 35, I feel like I have less answers now than I did back then. None of this is to say that I'm a complete person now. There are still lots of things that I need to improve about myself, develop about myself, and learn about myself, but After getting a divorce and after starting my own company and after kind of figuring out what was really important to me in life, it was a lot easier to identify what I wanted in a partner. And it wasn't until I met Jeremy that I really found that person who didn't complete me as a person, but supported me in completing myself, if that makes sense. Whereas in other relationships, I've had to put a lot of time and energy into holding that relationship together. The thing that's great about my relationship with Jeremy is that having him by my side is what gives me support to go out and do the other things that I want to do. So I think that's the biggest difference between relationships that I've been in in the past versus what I have with Jeremy. I have an example of what I mean, and I think this sounds kind of weird, but in previous relationships, I never would have had the confidence to go on, for example, an Earthwatch expedition by myself because I would have spent the entire expedition wondering what is my boyfriend or what is my husband doing while I'm gone? Who is he meeting? Is he happier without me there? All these kinds of things, all these kinds of insecurities that would take away from my experience, whereas now with Jeremy, of course I would want to share that with him. I'm not saying I'm like excited to go on a vacation without him, but um, I'm just trying to use it as an example of how I feel so supported by him in our relationship. And I think that's the main difference because before I was looking for someone to make me a complete person, but in my relationship with Jeremy, Jeremy helps me to understand how to complete myself, if that makes sense. And the whole reason I'm explaining this is because for my first wedding, I really thought, okay, this is going to be the start of a new chapter. We're going to be married now. Everything is going to be fixed. These promises that we make to each other is going to make my partner be the person that I want him to be. Uh, That definitely didn't happen. But um, I put a lot of time and energy into planning the wedding and I thought if we have this really great wedding and everything just goes really perfectly and everything's really beautiful, it's going to be the perfect start to this perfect new chapter. But 
I'm sure you've heard before, and it's 100% true that a perfect wedding does not make a perfect marriage. And so pretty much right off the bat, the biggest red flag from that day, the biggest red flag from the wedding is that I had so much more fun with the friends back home that I hadn't seen in a long time because our wedding, our big wedding was in Michigan. And so it was basically mostly my friends and my family, my loved ones, people that I hadn't seen because we had a wedding in Korea and weddings in Korea and weddings in the United States are different. In Korea, a wedding is for two families. So the families come together. Most of the people that were at our wedding were my ex-husband's parents, friends, and family. We had a traditional wedding, so it was a little bit different than what's popular now. In Korea, what's popular now is to have your wedding in a wedding hall, and it's kind of like a big room, a big banquet room, and the ceremony takes place, and then right after the ceremony, the guests that you've invited eat, and then it's kind of just time to go home. There isn't really a big reception after with the big party or dancing. Of course, that's not the norm. There are certainly people who have that kind of style in Korea, but for our wedding in Korea, we had a traditional wedding. We had a lunch after after, and then we actually went to a baseball game. It was just kind of like we had this big busy thing in the morning and then in the afternoon we went to a baseball game. But then when we went to Michigan, we had the full thing. We went to a really nice venue in Michigan and there was a lot of time and energy put into planning that wedding. And being the kind of DIY person that I am, I mentioned in the last episode that I love to make things by hand. Um, I made all the invitations. I made all the centerpieces. I made like, everything for that wedding. And I really had a lot of joy from doing those things. <laughs> But I think that was my favorite part about the wedding. And I think that really says a lot. And it's really a red flag that after the wedding, we stayed at a nice hotel that was inside the airport in Detroit. And then the next morning we got up and we flew back to Korea in the car on the way from the wedding. I was just thinking about what a nice time I had and like how much fun I had with all my friends. And I was not really thinking about the time that I had just spent with my brand new husband. So... The, the alarm bells should have been going off, but to be honest, the alarm bells had been going off the whole time, but you know, you can be optimistic. <laughs> so whatever. Anyway. Um, so for this time, when Jeremy asked me to be his wife, the thing that I was thinking about was not, Oh, what, like, when are we going to have the wedding? What kind of wedding is it going to be like? I was just thinking, I'm so glad that this person who I am 100% sure I want to spend the rest of my life with also wants to spend the rest of his life with me and call me his wife. I'm not a very conservative person at all. Our wedding wasn't coming from a place where I thought, well, we live together so we need to be married. It wasn't anything like that. It's just me personally, I would like to call my partner my husband. That was just it. That There was nothing really outside of that. Like I said, in Korea, it's kind of a family thing. Here in France, the culture is really different. So we have plenty of friends who are in committed relationships with children who've been together for a long time, who are not married. And that's great. That's fine. Whatever like works for them, that's great. But it's an honor to call Jeremy my husband. And I just wanted to have that. When he asked me to marry him, I was just focused on the fact that I'm so happy that we can call each other husband and wife and make this kind of promise to each other. Other. I know it's not necessary to be married to make that promise to each other, but whatever. Anyway, it's just something that I, just something that's important to me. I just don't want anyone to get the idea, anyone listening to get the idea that this is the right way to honor your relationship. It's, there are so many different ways that you can do that. Whatever. <laughs> This is really a rambly episode. But anyway, so when Jeremy asked me to marry him in October, I was just thinking about that, not really thinking about when our actual ceremony will take place. And of course, with COVID and we're doing some renovation in our house. So most of our money is going to that right now. 
And I think if we do ever have any kind of extra money, it just goes into our van. I'm going to have to talk about our van pretty soon. We have this really old uh, Volkswagen Westphalia camper van. And it's like the center of all our travel, but it's also an absolute money pit because it's really old and it needs a ton of work. So if we did have any extra money, that's probably where it would go. So having a really fancy wedding, especially after the first fancy wedding that I had really just bombed, wasn't at the top of my list. Like I said, he asked me to marry him in October. Shortly after that, we decided that we would go home to Michigan for Christmas. And a few weeks after we bought our tickets, it was sometime in late November, I think, my mom suggested that we have a tiny ceremony at my parents' home just in the case that my parents and my sisters and my brothers-in-laws and their kids wouldn't be able to attend our wedding in France because of COVID or because flights are really ridiculously expensive or whatever the reason. It's not easy to fly to the other side of the globe for a single event, especially with my sisters having kids and everyone's got their own lives. So my mom just asked if maybe we could have a little ceremony. She knew someone who's an officiant and maybe it would be nice. And when she said that, I kind of hesitated because it didn't really sound like what I thought Jeremy would want. And really, I knew that our wedding would probably be taking place in France. Jeremy has so many friends here who have been really special to him since he was a really tiny child and all of his family is here. And something else too is that I was really kind of hesitant to do anything back home in Michigan with anyone who had been invited to my first wedding because it's a little awkward to invite someone to your second wedding. So I figured we would just probably be having the wedding in France. <laughs> so I thought that Jeremy probably wouldn't want that. But then later I mentioned it to Jeremy and he was like, yeah, that sounds so cool. <laughs> so um, I was really surprised because I thought that he would, um, you know, he's super close with his grandma and I just thought that he would want her to be there and she wouldn't be able to make the flight. So I was surprised, but I was really happy to hear that. And then my lovely, lovely sisters, my sisters are twins. They're so great. And they offered to get uh, certified to officiate our wedding. So they went online and they got certified to officiate. And when they said that, it sealed the deal. Like, yeah, that sounds so great. It's just going to be us. It will just be my parents, my sisters, their husbands, their children, and me and Jeremy. And that's going to be the whole thing. It's going to be really simple. It's just going to be focused and centered around our love for each other. And that's what I was really hoping for. And so... Almost no planning went into our wedding. My mom hired a photographer. It was the photographer who did the photos for my sister's weddings. And fortunately, she was able to just book him for two hours. We decided the wedding would be on a Tuesday evening at our house in Michigan in the backyard. So she hired the photographer for two hours. And at first, I thought... I don't know if I really want to have a professional photographer. I'm not really planning on having my hair or makeup done. Moving to France has been a big change as far as my fitness <laughs> because I live in the countryside and we live really far in the north so it's dark a lot. It's, it's dark when I start my work and it's dark when I finish my work. So there isn't a lot of time to really get outside and... <laughs> Sorry, there isn't really a lot of time to get outside and get some exercise. And our main staples of food here are potatoes and pure. So I was not very excited to see myself photographed because I know that I've changed quite a bit since I left Korea where I was biking all the time for my work. And so I was definitely a little bit insecure about that part. 
And I kind of wondered, are people going to think we're getting married because maybe I'm pregnant? <laughs> like, maybe they think it's a shotgun wedding. Or I was also a little bit worried that people would think it's like a visa issue. I'm not sure. Maybe I'm sure there are some people out there who are questioning if I'm pregnant or if I'm in need of a visa or if Jeremy's in need of a visa. But I'm just stating here for the record to anybody that's listening, I'm not pregnant and we don't have visa issues. It's just, you know, everything I eat has cheese in it. <laughs> So <laughs> that's the problem there. And uh, anyway, so yeah, my mom hired the photographer and she said that we had to have the photographer because we needed some family photos. Now that my sisters have three very young children and we don't have any family photos together. So this was the time we needed official, like professional family photos. So I said, okay, fine. I'm going to have to try to like buy some good spanks, whatever. So we arrived in Michigan. Everything was great. And we arrived on Friday, Christmas Eve. We celebrated Christmas on Saturday. And then on Sunday, we didn't really do much. But then on Monday, we went to the mall and I bought the dress that I would wear at the wedding. <laughs> I just got it at a department store. It was like a hundred bucks. I forgot to go shopping for shoes. So I wore the flats that I wore on the plane. For Jeremy's suit, he actually packed his entire suit, including his shoes, into his suitcase and we knew that we were going to Michigan for 10 days, but for some reason, Jeremy's suitcase was only the size of a carry-on, and his suit was pretty much the only thing that he brought, and it was it was a hit among my whole family because this really comically tiny suitcase that he rolled out, um, and he it was like a Mary Poppins bag. He just kept pulling more stuff out of it. He's, he's so organized, and it was really hilarious to see him pull this full suit out of his suitcase and he didn't iron it or anything. It looked amazing The photo in the photos. It looks like, you know, he took really good care of it, but in fact, it had been folded up into a tiny suitcase just a few hours before. The bouquet that I carried was just flowers from the supermarket. I bought the flowers and then I arranged them into a bouquet. It's probably glaringly obvious from the photos. When Jeremy proposed, he gave me some red roses and so I knew that I wanted to carry red roses down the quote-unquote aisle. And I say quote-unquote because it's just a little pathway from our house to my dad's uh, garage that he built in the backyard. <laughs> And um, the wedding cake was a croquembouche that I made, and I've never made a croquembouche before. It's like a traditional French-style tower of cream puffs covered in caramel, and it didn't turn out very well. <laughs> it tasted good. It didn't look that great. But um, what was really cool is that my grandparents, who passed away last year, both of them, if there was ever a couple to look to as an example of true love... It was my grandparents, my mom's parents. They were married for almost 70 years, and they both passed away last year within a month of each other. My grandmother passed away, and exactly one month to the day, my grandfather passed away. They were just one of those couples that couldn't be without each other in life and couldn't be without each other in death either. So when my mom was going through their things after they passed away to get ready to sell the house, she came across their cake topper, and so even though our wedding cake wasn't very spectacular, we were able to use the cake topper that my grandparents used 70 years ago, and it could have been the ugliest cake in the world, but with that cake topper on top of it, it was just perfect. If you look at the pictures, it's kind of, if you've ever seen one of those classic Barbies, like one of the first Barbies, the cake toppers, they really have that kind of doll image 
and I'm making it sound really weird. So I hope that you'll go over to the Instagram and check out the photos, but having their cake topper meant a lot because like I said, if there was any couple to look to as a role model for a good partnership and true love, it was my grandparents. So it was really nice to have a little piece of them at the wedding. For our rings, Jeremy used the ring of his late father and I got my wedding band the morning of the wedding. <laughs> we went to the jewelry store that's near my parents' home and just chose a simple band to keep it simple. I'm not much of a jewelry person, but found something really nice and fortunately it was close enough in size. It wasn't exact, but it would work for the day of the wedding and then he told me I could bring it back the next day and have it sized and that was great because Jeremy's ring was a little bit too small as well so we both got our ring sized the next day. My sisters and I went to go have our nails done and we had a really good time just chatting and we were the only ones in the nail salon so it was just a really nice way to catch up. I hadn't seen my sisters in such a long time in person and it was really memorable. I don't even think we took a picture which is such a shame but I think it says a lot about how much we were just enjoying the moment and there was really no theme of the wedding of course but I think the colors were kind of black, white, and red just by chance because my sisters happened to wear black dresses and we all got our nails done in red to match the flowers and it all turned out really lovely. The venue itself was my childhood home, which meant a lot too. My dad built this uh, fireplace with a pergola in the back uh, next to his garage. And of course he built that a long time ago. He didn't build it just for the wedding, but he, that was something that he had built in the backyard. So we had a fire going. My sisters decorated the pergola with lanterns and Christmas lights. And it really just turned out to be something I never could have dreamed up. My sister asked us what kind of ceremony we might like to have, and I just told her that Jeremy and I's relationship is largely based on, of course, love and adventure. And we both really love the planet. We love nature. We love to be in nature. And so the whole ceremony was kind of worded along those lines. During the ceremony, we took turns closing our eyes and spinning the globe and then stopping it with our finger. And, and I happened to stop it on Gabon, which is a country in Africa. And so we'll be going there for our fifth anniversary and then when Jeremy closed his eyes and spun the globe, he landed on Turkey. So we'll be going there for our 10th anniversary. So we just had these little things incorporated into the ceremony. It was short and sweet and it felt so right. It was so great. I never really realized what a nice thing it could be to look back because we have the wedding photos back now and to look at the wedding photos and see like my family standing in my living room, Jeremy and I signing our wedding license in the kitchen of the place where I grew up and I have so many memories. It really turned out. <laughs> After the wedding, we went out to dinner at a little Italian restaurant really nearby our home, and my dad gave a really nice toast at the restaurant, which was embarrassing. He did the clinging on the glass with his knife, and I'll never be able to express to my family how grateful I am for the really wonderful ceremony that they helped me and Jeremy to have. It was the perfect way to welcome him into our family, and the 11 of us were a pretty tight-knit group, and so I wouldn't have changed anything about it for the world. It's the dream wedding that I never dreamed of because it didn't it didn't need any dreaming. I don't know how to explain it, but it was so last minute. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is big fancy weddings are great. They're super fun. Your wedding is like a special day that you're going to want to remember forever. But I do think that there's a lot of pressure to have a really huge celebration with a lot of people to spend a lot of money. And that can be pretty tough. And so if you're listening to this and if you're planning a wedding, and you're kind of wondering if those really teeny tiny weddings where nobody's invited, 
and you buy your dress the day before and you forget to buy shoes work out I would say that it was a pretty romantic day and we were lucky because it snowed so we have these really pretty pictures of the snow it was a really excellent choice and I'm so glad that my mom suggested to do that I don't really know what the point of this story was <laughs> usually I try to have some message that I'm trying to get across in each episode or some important information I'm trying to share but for this one I just wanted to talk about how cool love is and how sometimes things that seem really terrible like going through a divorce in a foreign country can lead to something really great like meeting the person that you are destined to meet and then you get to have a cool wedding in the snow (laughs) or whatever kind of wedding you want or no wedding at all whatever you want but anyway so I hope you enjoyed this little story like I said all the photos from the wedding will be up on the Instagram as usual we are going to have a wedding in France it'll be in September so later on maybe I can report to you about that because like I said French wedding culture is totally different from American wedding culture and Korean wedding culture so it should be a fun adventure but I really hope you enjoyed this episode today I really went on for a long time. (laughs) So if you have any questions about planning a wedding at the last minute, tips, reminders to buy shoes, all of that kind of stuff, send me a message and I'd love to talk to you about it. Other than that, I hope you have a really fantastic day. Thank you so much for listening and see you again in the next episode. Thank you so much. 